0: Welcome to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Over the next hour, you'll discover how to feel better, look better, and get questions answered to bring out your own glow. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show as there will be a Q&A at the end of today's episode. Now, here is Carolyn Holdsworth.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to Glow and Tell. So happy that you're here. We are here live today and I've got, as always, my producer, um, Victoria Valinsky.
2: Hello. Good morning, Carolyn. How
1: are you? Good morning. I'm great. And I'm so excited because we've got the return appearance of one of our early guests, a guest that came on early this season, double board certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Armand Simone. And just to remind everybody how amazing this gentleman is, let me just remind you of his quick bio. He is a double board certified plastic surgeon and operates and runs his practice out of Manhattan in New York City on Park Avenue. And he graduated from Loyola University, the Stritch School of Medicine. He continued an additional seven years in postgraduate in New York, completing full residencies in both general surgery and plastic surgery. He has taught plastic surgery in Italy, France, Russia, and has hosted Notable national and international physicians in teaching seminars in the most advanced and current aspects of plastic surgery. And he's double board certified by the American Board of Surgery as well as the American Board of Plastic Surgery. And he was one of the first practitioners to routinely use dermal fillers more than 25 years ago. And this is what we're going to dive into today, which is talking about injectables, which are. We're going to be talking about fillers. We're also going to be talking about the neuromodulators, also known as Botox and Dysport. But without further ado, welcome back, Dr. Simone.
3: Thank you very much, Carol and Victoria. Nice to see you both.
1: So happy, happy to, to have here. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, we're so thrilled to have you back. And, and the last episode with you, as you know, we literally ran out of time and only got through about Gosh, barely half of our agenda. We spent a lot of time talking about plastic surgery, which was really informative. If any of you haven't heard that episode, please go back onto your streaming service and take a look, take a listen to that episode. It is so interesting and so informative. And today, though, we're going to really focus on what most everybody is doing. I mean, I really don't know a single person that has not received an injectable at this point. So um, Dr. Simone, let's let's first just kind of backpedal a little bit. I know we talked about this. Briefly in the last um, podcast with you, tell us the difference between the types of injectables because we hear kind of two words, Botox and filler. Give us the definitions of those, please.
3: Well, fillers are, are, are fillers are, are, are material <clears throat> that actually plump up the skin and plump up the tissues. Uh, they are uh, something that when you put in, they create the, uh, the change that you're looking for in the moment for the most part. Um, they're made by different companies uh, and, and and they could have different qualities to them. Some could be a little more dense and um, <clears throat> and uh, and some could be more fluid, some are less fluid. It depends on what the agenda is and what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, the Botox and Dysport are, are neuromodulators and they're more for lines and wrinkles to re- to reduce muscular action that causes lines and wrinkles in the skin. So okay. we use them both in different areas. We use them both sometimes in the same area. So, for example, if we were doing the 11s, we may want to put some Dysport or Botox in to reduce the lines and then also Add a little bit of filler to give the longevity of it okay because one has a certain life and another has a, a different lifespan so we can extend a five or six month lifespan into maybe eight months or so
1: i think that's a really interesting comment there because i know i've seen a lot of people go into their dermatologist's office their plastic surgeon's office and just get either botox or Dysport in a forehead that has rather deep creases deeper lines And they oftentimes will walk out not being pleased with the result. And when I've seen them, it's because the practitioner did not use a little bit of filler in concert with the neuromodulator, as you just mentioned. So they don't have that beautiful, soft, more youthful look. And I do think that some of us as consumers, as patients, we think that the providers may be trying to upsell us or just get us to do more stuff when really it's about Trying to give the patient the result they're wanting, ultimately, right?
3: That's how, you know your, your point is well taken. You know, but a good practitioner will, will counsel the patient to do what's best, considering what their budget is. I mean, we have to understand what a patient's budget is, um, what they're expecting to pay, and, and how we could use whatever our, our tool is in our toolbox how we can use it to the best advantage of that patient to give them as close to what their expectation is as possible.
1: Right. So you mentioned budget, which I think is something important to discuss. And in our, in our last podcast with you, we talked about pricing of surgery, which I know was really helpful. And we got a lot of great feedback from our listeners on that. So talk to us about how to broach that subject with our provider, because it can be a really awkward conversation. Um, we're, you know, we're not really sure how to handle it. And oftentimes I know people don't just come right out and tell you what it's going to cost. They just recommend this, this and this. And we kind of don't know what to say. So what is your suggestion to our listeners in terms of how to to talk about the the cost?
3: I think you, I think uh, I think of. A patient is a consumer, and you have to be right up front about it. So if you go in to buy a car, you want to know how much the car costs. If you go in to buy a coat, you want to know how much the coat costs. If you go in to buy a ring, you want to know how much the ring costs. So if you want to get some filler, you want to know how much it costs. So it, it's it's a it's very simple. A practitioner should be fine to tell you exactly what the costs are per unit or per volume of material that he's given you. For example, a filler comes usually in a one-cc syringe the syringe costs a certain amount he should be able to tell you how much of that syringe he thinks he'll be able to use and give you a range so you know where the where where it's going to fall financially for you
1: fantastic if i may we've got a caller already on the line by the way i meant to mention we are live today and would love to take your calls the number is 866-472-5788 and it looks like we have Kristen um, who's calling from philly Hello, Philadelphia. You're on Glow and Tell.
2: Hi. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, So question for you. I'm uh, in my early 50s, and things are starting to look a little different. Um, I've got genetically hollow under eyes, and I'm curious kind of what can be done with injectables for that. And second question, my jawline is getting a little loose, not so um, sharp. Is there anything with injectables for that area?
1: Excellent questions, Dr. Simone.
3: Yes, there, there are, and the hyaluronic acids are perfect for both of those areas. So under the eyes, where you have the hollow, sometimes we call them the infraorbital trough. It's a, it's a, it's a depression. We put filler in there to kind of bring it out, so that we can adjust the levels from the lower eyelid to the cheek and make that transition very smooth. So it doesn't look so hollow, you don't look so tired. As far as the jawline is concerned, it's a, it's a wonderful um, application of filler because what we do is we put, now if I look on my face and here's my jowl, we put filler in front and behind the jowl. So it looks like the jaw is continuous in one straight line and it works beautifully. It's, it's one of the areas of application for fillers that patients are absolutely shocked for them. It, it's really quite remarkable, and it's a it's a good, not necessarily a band aid, but a good fix instead of a surgical procedure such as a liposuction of the jowl or a lower facelift to tighten it up.
1: Okay, okay. Kristen, does that does that it, provide the answers you need?
2: It does, and it also kind of prompts another question. So if when i fill under my eyes if that's what i wanted to do i'm also dark there not just hollow but kind of dark does does the filler help brighten the area or is that something else totally different
3: well, it could be both. Okay, so you could get a result. You know, everything that we do in plastic surgery is light and shadow. How, in a, as I always say, in a, in, a, in a room with no lights, we have no idea what people look like. Once we turn the lights on, we become light and highlights and 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 and, and shadowing. And so, what we do with the fillers that we change the highlight, how light reflects off your face, and in some ways that corrects the dark circles. Other patients, however, have inherent dark discoloration of the lower eyelid skin. And that's a different problem. Sometimes uh, light chemical peels will help that, or light lasering will help that. Um, But it may return. It's a very, very difficult problem to correct. Uh, And very often we see it in families. So we see people whose parents also have that darkish skin color under their lower lids. Commonly found in Mediterranean people.
2: Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much for that information. That was hey, really helpful. Good
1: luck. Thank you. It's interesting that Kristen mentioned the dark circle comment because I was going to share some feedback on that. I have seen people receive the the orbital filler and as soon as they do, their quote dark circles are gone. Just totally gone. I think it's so interesting because as you said it's the whole light shadow effect and they really didn't have dark circles it was about that depression that was creating the shadow and here they've just been covering it with tons of concealer all this time and it wasn't even a dark circle to begin with interesting okay where were we victoria we were talking about you know let's get into the brands of filler because you know we hear so many brands kind of like the botox disport thing juvederm restylane should we be requesting a certain brand from our provider what um what's your what's your thoughts on that in terms of the brands
3: well my thoughts are the following i think that you should if you trust the the provider you should go with the product that they're most comfortable with the product that they've used a lot the the product that they have the best results with and they will tell you what they use I mean, you could ask for a certain product. I mean, I've had patients ask me for a product that I don't particularly like because, in my hands, I haven't been satisfied with the result of it, and I may not have. I may not have with that product. That product uh, um, a facility to make adjustments. For example, one company makes. A hyaluronic acid that has different molecular structure, so that some is some of it is more fluid than others. Some give you more push, so we want to put them on the cheekbones, whereas we don't want to use that in the lips. We want to use a softer product in the lips, so they give us that that um, that menu of different hyaluronic acids or fillers that we can adjust. So when one patient like I did this morning, I'll give her this here and that there. They're both hyaluronic acids, but they have different, different molecular makeups and allows us to be more creative and, and, and um, do a better correction for the patient.
1: Okay, so you, you just touched on something that I think is really important that I know I've talked to a lot of friends about and a lot of clients at Nurture Spa about. There are different you know molecular structures, as you said, and some should be used, say, under the eye area in the cheek. Others are used in the lips, that sort of thing. What's happening when we see these individuals who have these very bulbous cheeks and when they smile, their cheeks now seem to just be like these little balloons underneath their eye? Is that because the wrong product was used or what's going on there? Because people are just really changing the way their face looks with filler. It seems,
3: you know, you know, uh, uh, the relationship between some a provider and a patient is, has a mutuality in it and it needs to be uh, with an understanding of what can be achieved, what can be done and not, not be done some patients could be inappropriate and demand or want things that are excessive. And, um, and they think in their in their concept of beauty, it's really up to the provider to moderate that, to kind of mm-hmm. bring them down, put their get them back down to earth a little bit. And you know what, it's in this world, I said you all, you know, it's a very, it's a lucrative profession. And so you know, there's very often this treatment on demand, And you know, some providers will give you that, and so they'll overfill because someone wants big cheeks. But you know, good plastic surgery, whether it's fillers or surgical, walks by you in the street. You don't notice it. You don't see it. You don't. It doesn't draw your eye. All you say is, "Oh, that's a nice-looking woman," or "That's an attractive woman," or "She looks good for her age," or whatever it may be. It doesn't say the lips are too blubbery. It doesn't say the cheeks are too too excessive. And we've all seen those patients in the media. We've all seen those. I've seen those patients in my practice who come to me and, and I, I, you know, and I say, who the hell did this? You know, I mean, really, what were they thinking? Both, both parties. What were they thinking? The provider and and the patient. So, um, you know, I can't say that it's a mistake of product. I think it's a mistake in in judgment. Okay.
1: Yeah it's it's just it's amazing how um artificial it can look on a lot of people and how it really just makes them look not like who they used to be and i think there's one thing for you know obviously recapturing our youth a little bit and kind of softening a line but people are really changing you know what they look like in in a huge way sometimes so
3: you know carolyn there's also there's also what the media presents us with okay what we look at for example you take someone with full lips like angelina jolie now everybody wants angelina jolie lips well, that may be okay this week, but next week it may be something else. The same thing with breasts, the same thing with buttocks. Um, you know, there's a, there's a whole population that wants their buttocks increased in size because that's the look that they're looking for. Um, but it, it doesn't serve all times. You know, these are trends. And I, I would just caution patients to keep away from trends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Victoria, what's
1: the question that just came in for you from you um, on Instagram? Well, actually, we have a caller on hold. Oh, there's another one. Oh, sorry about that. Hello, Matt in Colorado. You are on Glow and Tell. Welcome.
2: Hi, th- thanks for having me. Um My pleasure. I- I'm just curious. Uh, I've, I've never used Botox before. And, uh, you know, I've had some. Uh, wrinkles, you know, I like to smooth out. And I'm just curious what I need to tell the doctor to kind of have a, a natural look. I don't want my uh, face to look you know, too, uh, too tight or, or unnatural in any
1: way.
3: Good question. Well, I, I think that's. I think you have to express that to the physician, okay? You have to tell them what your goals are, what your expectations are. And here what he has to say is, or he or she has to say, and when I say he, I, I include he and she, all right? So please forgive me. Um, and, and there are ways to do this. I mean, you can keep, you can leave wrinkles. You can leave some degree of animation, some degree of expression, so that it doesn't look dead. A forehead doesn't look like it has no uh, response to emotion, whether su- whether it's surprise or sadness or whatever. You, and that's a, a function of how much to give at the concentration of the of the product that's given and so if you express that and men are, are particularly uh, aware of this because they don't want to look perfectly flat or perfectly smooth or whatever they want to have that that kind of uh, expression still left in their face and that's perfectly doable now every patient is different so a dose that's given to patient a may be a little too much for patient b so there's a little bit of a titration that and you have to go with the flow so if you're concerned about that i would ask the physician to go slowly start start light start slow you can always come back and add to uh, it's easier to add to than to reverse or, go, or take away
1: it's great advice thank you Ma- Any other questions, Matt?
3: Uh, No, that was it. Thank you.
1: Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for the call. All right. That's a really important question. What's the typical lifespan of Dysport or Botox in general, would you say?
3: In in my uh, estimation, Botox has a lesser lifespan, three to four months. Dysport goes anywhere from five to six months. So my preference is to use Dysport. I always feel that the less often the patient has to come in for treatment, the more they will come back for treatment. Okay, because yeah. it is an injection; it is costly. So you know, if you want to keep them on a regime that gives them a little more time in between treatments, they're happier. Uh, I mean, if I didn't have to get a haircut every two months, uh, I'd be happy to get. I'd be happy to get one every four months. It's just. You know it, it, it's 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 a process in your life that that kind of steps in so you'd like to increase this time frame between business so i like this sport for that reason i also find it more predictable as a product
1: fantastic predictability is so important when it comes to injections i mean at the end of the day it's your face it is your face right i don't want to you don't want to scrimp okay so we're going to take a quick break now but when we come back We have so many more really interesting, really juicy topics to get into, including how to find the best provider, let's talk about the longevity of products, how often we should be getting this, and um, do call if you have a question at 866-472-5788. We will be right back on Glow & Tell.
2: Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern-raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow, inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, And listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at Now back to the show with Carolyn.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back. Carolyn Holdsworth here with Victoria Valinsky and our very special guest, plastic surgeon Dr. Armand Simone, coming into us from New York City today. Um, as we were heading into break, we got a couple other questions that we wanted to share that were very connected to what we were just going over. So, Victoria, go ahead and get into those, please.
2: Yes, of course, we have some people who send us some DMs. So the first one Dr. Simone is from Samantha in Flemington, New Jersey, and she wants to know can Botox or Dysport just stop working?
3: It doesn't just stop working. What it does is that when it reaches the end of its natural half-life, it will gradually not be as effective. Okay, so they do have a lifespan to them for the most part, and um, we can say that Botox has a span of three to four months generally, and Dysport four to six months. Um, and it, it's just a gradual return, and you'll go back to 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 square one for the most part. Um, so there's no quote-unquote immunity it's, it's to not it. that, it's not that one day you wake up and all of a sudden all the lines are back it doesn't happen that way it's it's a very gradual thing and, and actually that's the beauty of some of this stuff because you know it gradually improves and then it gradually disimproves uh, mm-hmm. at, at the end of its life
1: and what about a cumulative effect i've heard that there can be one if you use it for years and years and years either you know either one of the neuromodulators
3: well, if you, in some patients, if you use it with a certain amount of frequency, so if you use it every six months, you, you may find that you can go longer periods of time in between because you're putting the muscles that are responsible for the wrinkles in a state of atrophy or a state of disuse. And when you don't use your muscles, it takes longer for them to come back. And so you may find that, that this chronic state of disuse of forehead muscles or eyebrow muscles where we give this material that you may need it less often over time. Yeah. And it's I, the same thing with fillers, by the way, because fillers provoke okay. a little bit of collagen production. Yeah. And so your collagen is, is, is increased in those areas. And so you can actually stretch out a little bit. So we find that patients come back a little less often the more they use it over time.
1: Okay. Okay. Good one.
2: Yeah. I think that's perfect. That leads us into our next question. So Dr. Simone, Tracy in Skillman, New Jersey wants to know, what is a reasonable time between Botox sessions?
3: I think anywhere between four to six months. I think that's what we see, but we, we, we do see patients who go seven and eight months. All right. Um, it's, it's, I, I don't think you should expect that. I don't think you should expect seven to eight months but I think it's reasonable to expect
1: anywhere between four and six months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know Dr. Simone, you and I've talked about the injections you've given me in my forehead seem to last quite a long time. And I I was curious about that cumulative effect because I find that I'm getting it less and less frequently. And the time out between visits is just lengthening, which of course I love, like you said earlier before the break.
3: Right. I don't love seeing you. So, you know, some people have stronger muscles than others, and they'll come back a little faster. We see in in men, for example, they, you know, they have their musculature is a little thicker, a little denser, and they may need a little more of a concentration. Um, And it may tend to come back uh, a little earlier.
1: Okay. So let's get into the area of how to find the best provider for these injectables, whether it's filler, um, whether it's a neuromodulator or a little bit of both. Because as we all know, there's, it seems like almost everybody, every doctor's office, no matter what type of doctor, what type of physician is offering this at this point, we see Groupons coming across our email that are offering, you know, Botox for, you know, 20 bucks a unit and, you know, Restylane or Juvederm for this amount per per ounce, or as you said, all, all the different measurements. But all of that to me makes me very nervous. Should we, you know? just never consider people that are marketing these injectables in that manner. Um, are there certain practitioners that should and shouldn't be doing it? I know there are dentists that are offering injections. There's, of course, nurse practitioners. It seems, it seems like everybody's doing it. How do we weed out who is competent, who is not? You
3: know, th- that's a real tough question as, as, as far as competence level is concerned. I think that a a well-trained plastic surgeon, a well-trained dermatologist are your go-to people for this material, okay? Because this material, like any any other situation in medicine, may have complications associated with it, may have side effects associated with it. And if your provider is not competent to handle those side effects. All those uh, complications. You're in the wrong hands. So you have to think through where you're going. Does does a um, uh, does a dentist can a dentist or an internist handle the complications that arise from um, uh, let's say an allergic reaction or whatever or or, or um, a bad effect of of some of these neuromodulators or some of these stores. And if they're not competent to handle it, I think nurse practitioner. I don't agree that nurse practitioners should be giving it. I don't think they have the proper training in aesthetics. I don't think they have the proper training in anatomy. I mean, this is, everything we do is based on anatomy and physiology. All right. And you need the people who are well-trained in that. And I think dermatologists and plastic surgeons are the go-to people. Okay. Yeah, and you got to be very careful in, in the cell, the, 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 the cell kind of thing, uh, you know, $20 a unit, $10 a unit. If it's, if it's too cheap to, to be true, it ain't true. You're not going to get So I have seen patients say they get, they've gotten some of these neuromodulators and you know, they had no effect in four to six weeks. And, wow. and so, you know, because they, and, 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 and then the attribution is that there's something wrong with the patient rather than something wrong with how or what was given. So, right. um, i'd be very leery about that you know don't respond to advertising on this stuff
1: okay okay that just prompted another thought so when when somebody's receiving these injections this is kind of a two-part question so number one how how quick is the onset with a botox or a dysport and when when should we kind of ring the alarm that it didn't work that it didn't take and then the same with filler when is what's the onset period there and 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 when do you ring that alarm?
3: Okay, so let's say with the with the neuromodulators, Botox, this board, uh, Botox. The onset is, is about five days. Starts at five days and goes up to ten days. This board starts on two day two and will continue up to day ten. Generally speaking, by the tenth day, what you see is what you what you get, unless there's some uh, some some swelling that's associated with the needle injections, et cetera, et cetera, because you can get some swelling. You can get a little blood under the skin, something of that nature. So it's probably prudent to wait a good two to three weeks till you make a final determination of of the result, okay? If the result is not adequate and not strong enough or enough, you can always get a touch-up on these things, all right? So sometimes patients will come back and say, well, I still have the wrinkle, so we can give them a little more, all right? Uh, So... As far as the fillers are concerned, um, with the hyaluronic acids, what you see is what you get. So for the most part, once the initial swelling from the injection period is down, which is usually in five to seven, ten days, then what you see is, is the result, okay? You can always add to as well. Uh, if you've been given too much, it can also be reduced by the, by the administration of an enzyme that breaks it down. Um, but you, you know, I would say that, you know, 10 days, uh, 10 days, two weeks, your result from fillers is, is is for the most part, what you should expect.
1: Okay. All right. Now for fillers, you just touched on something that I think is important. Oftentimes there is immediate swelling. Um, let's say you're getting your lips plumped up a little bit or your cheeks or, you know, any nasolabial folds, you, you name it, there is some swelling and it can initially look like the provider has given you too much. It can be a little alarming. What do you suggest for that patient? Do they need to go home and ice? Do they need to massage their bruises? How do you handle that? Because I know that some people really freak out and think that the provider messed up and made me look too artificial.
3: I think, I think cold compresses are, are the way to go, okay, out of the gate. Um, and, and all the all the fillers should use a day or two of uh, application of cold compresses, not ice directly on the skin because you can get an ice burn. But, you know, cold compresses uh, two, three times a day for 15, 20 minutes will be helpful. Um, and then wait the process and see what happens. I think you should – if you feel that it's too much at – 10 days, you should talk to the provider about it. Uh, You may have some prolonged swelling that's due to some collection of blood in the areas. You know, our face is very vascular, lots of fine blood vessels. So you can get bruising easily. You can get swelling easily from a little bit of blood that's under the tissues. And so in, in anatomically very refined areas like the lip, a little bit of extra blood under the skin will show. Not necessarily okay. in discoloration, but in in the volume, the look of the volume that you have there. So okay. you should be, you know, just temper it a little bit and, and wait a, a decent period of time before you, you know, you start speaking to the provider about it.
1: Okay. And what are the do's and don'ts after getting these injections? I know you and I have talked about with receiving Dysport, you know, don't, turn your head upside down for four hours otherwise it could right. it could weep a little bit and then let's talk to us about fillers the do's and don'ts any exercise anything any advice to on things not to do
3: so with the with the with the disport and, and botox uh the, the first 24 to 24 hours are really important so i tell patients to give do certain exercises look up squint their eyes look up so, So we go through a certain exercise that we ask them to do to force the uptake of the material where it works, which is where the nerves go into the muscle. So we do that for four hours, every half hour, they'll do four or five squinting exercises or whatever it may be. Um, After that, the first night, not to rub those areas and not to put any moisturizer on the skin. The next day, they can resume every activity. We say yes. Don't put your head below below your waist if if you can avoid it, because you don't want gravitation the gravity to pull this material in places you don't want it to go. I don't really know how true that really is, quite frankly. And so uh, I can't I can't I really you know I say yes. Don't put your head down low. Don't get under the sink to clean it out the first day, but um no downward dog i don't know that it has any veracity quite frankly as okay. far as the fillers are concerned you know cold compressors do work and they are good i would not massage unless you've been instructed to massage right if the provider they know what they've given if they've asked you to massage it then you can massage it but you have to understand that massaging does cause swelling it does stimulate histamine which, is, uh, which causes swelling of the tissue. It's like an allergic reaction. Allergic reaction is a release of histamine. So, by rubbing tissues and massaging vigorously, you will cause a little bit more swelling. That's why sometimes when women go out before they go out, they rub their lips to pull up the circulation and give them a little more plumpness.
1: <laughs> That's a good little trick. <laughs> a little old school homemade it's an old trick. trick right? <laughs> yeah, nice. We, we receive this question a lot when it comes to both um, the neuromodulators and to fillers um, at the spa with regard to receiving facials, waxing, things of that nature. And the advice I always provide is do your facial, do your dermaplaning, get your, you know, get your chemical peel before any of these injectables. And you don't want to get any procedures, facials otherwise for about five to seven days after these injectables, because yeah. for all the reasons Dr. Simone just shared. So visit your spa first, then visit your dermatologist or your plastic surgeon. Um, talk to us about what, um, what the real side effects are from these two categories of injectables. I mean, real things, not just bruising or a little blood under the skin, but is there anything that, that could show up that could say, whoa, you're not a candidate for this product ever again? Well, watch out for
3: the, the hyaluronic acids are essentially hypoallergenic. So they are safely given. You can occasionally get some reaction, and a rare patient will have a reaction to it, a negative reaction. Um, I, I have to tell you, I don't believe I've seen one in, in 15 years. I mean, I, Good. I, 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 it's so low. With the, with the neuromodule, with the Botox and the dysport, you can get a more systemic effect. That means you can get some weakness in other facial muscles, There could be some degree of, uh, and I have seen this in patients, that, you know, they may feel that even though they get discord around the eyes, that uh, they can't clench their jaw so tight, they can't maneuver so well, their face feels different, they feel that their speech is a little off, there's some disarticulation because of it. So it's the process that they're getting is called botulism, okay? They're basically responding to over responding to this medication and it's affecting them systemically. And once that happens to a patient, you really never want to give it to them again. Okay. It doesn't stop the heart or anything of that nature, but you know what, it's a a situation that it has to run its course and you can't reverse it. So it has to just run its course. Um, okay. it's not necessarily incapacitating but it's distracting and it's uncomfortable for patients when they feel that they're they're not functioning now okay that their muscle their muscle coordination their muscle they have weakness in areas that they never had weakness before
1: oh wow okay
3: it's very rare it's, yeah, it's very uncommon i have to say i have to tell you but it, it, it is real
1: Okay. I'm glad to hear that it's rare. I'm glad to hear that you haven't seen that in a really long time. And in terms of if we just aesthetically don't like what was done... Um, you'd mentioned earlier that things can be dissolved what do you suggest we do we call our provider go back in what can we expect them to do for us you go
3: you go by you go back in so if one if one area for if, if you if you don't like what something looks like they can for the hyaluronic acids they can give you enzymes that that will break it up and it's fairly rapid it, it breaks it up fairly rapidly and and, and it does do the trick um, but you have to understand that when you start doing that you're now subtracting again so you're going back to square one it's hard to control how far how far it's going to go all okay. right so you may recreate the problem that you went in for initially by giving the enzymes and breaking it down because there's no way of knowing how much is going to be broken down we we try you can titrate it again by that i mean you can give it in small amounts and 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 see how we, see how the patient does and then you know, figure it out, you know, as it's happening in front of you, Um, Okay. but for the most, but as far as this board is concerned or Botox, it really needs to run its course. If there's any problems, if there's a drop, a drop of the brow or a drop of the upper eyelid, there are some drops that you can use to help reverse it and, and reverse it a little more, more quickly. But for the most part, it has to run its course. Those complications we see, you know, they, 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 they self-resolve in about three weeks.
1: Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And if you're going to the proper provider, hopefully you're never going to run into these issues in the first place.
3: And even with the proper provider, you can get problems. Okay? <laughs> well, That's true. That's I mean, true. I think in all honesty, we, we, we have to say that it, it, everyone who does this will have some degree of problem. Okay. Right. Because there's no predict. Every patient is different. And we don't know the predictability of it.
1: Right. That's true.
3: Hopefully We're gonna- it's just not common.
1: We're going to take a quick break and be right back to wrap things up with Dr. Simone. Please call in with your questions at 866 472 5788 if you've got them. We'll be right back on Glow and Tell. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the midlife whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866 472 5788. That's 866 472 5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now, back to the show with Carolyn.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Carolyn here with Victoria Balinski and plastic surgeon Dr. Armand Simone. So, when we, before we went to break, we were talking about. Um, issues that can show up with injectables in the face. But one area, Dr. Simone, that we haven't gotten into yet, which I know is so important to all of my clients at the spa, is the neck. And as we know in just basic elementary aesthetics, so often we forget about treating the neck with our skincare, it starts there, right? We finally realize that we have a neck that wrinkles when the wrinkles are there, <laughs> when it's a little too late, but not late to, to make some improvements, of course. So talk to us about how we can use these products, um, the neuromodulators and the fillers to help the neck, especially nowadays with the tech neck that's showing up. You know, those really deep lines from staring at our devices. Tell us what you're doing for the neck area
3: i never heard of the term technique. I think it's very cute. Oh, really? Well, I'm glad <laughs> um, I
1: taught you something today. You
3: know, it's not a common application of, of, of filler, okay? But what we do use in the neck is the bands that, that form, the vertical bands that come down as we get older, as our tissues relax, as the muscle relaxes. We do use Botox or Dysport in those bands. And what it does is that it flattens the muscles so that they're less apparent. It doesn't get rid of them totally, but it 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 doesn't it doesn't does improve them. The neck is a very difficult area to treat. The skin is very thin; it's it's lax. Um, there may be fatty components there as well. Um, it's more a sign of aging than any than anything else. And you know you have to be careful. For example, even surgically, if you do a facelift but you don't do the neck, it looks out of sync. It looks like it doesn't make sense. Um, and so you know things need to kind of make sense in, in plastic surgery to look natural. But, but the neck is tough to treat. with any of the, uh, the, the, the things that you do in the spa are actually superior than things that we then that we can do. All right, laser of the neck is very treacherous. You can get scarring. The neck tends to scar, so it's it's very it's very uh, uh, it's a very particular zone for treatment
1: well, one 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 treatment that we definitely offer at the spa is, well, there's a couple of topical treatments. Number one, there are a lot of beautiful creams out there that have some retinol in it that will will work on those lines that will soften the appearance of um, the skin that often becomes ruddy. We find that so many people have discoloration in that area because we have been spraying our neck with perfume, with fragrance for years on our neck. And when you put that on your neck repeatedly over the years, expose yourself to sun like we do pretty much every single day, it's going to create that kind of ruddy um, look that you see on a lot of people's neck. It can also create a textural issue that that is really unsightly. Nobody else notices it but us, but it's something that all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're noticing that your neck is this really red color. So talk to your esthetician at your spa about how to work on that with some topical products. Hyaluronic acid, um, there are some really great hyaluronic acid um, products out there skinceuticals valmont i know are two that are beautiful the ha intensifier and the moisturizing booster that'll start to soften those lines um but dr simone you're saying that putting filler into these lines on the neck is you know it can work it cannot work it's something that you don't exactly. commonly exactly. do okay okay well go ahead <laughs> well what, what about the hands i know that as we age kind of like the neck all of a sudden we look down at our hands and one day it looks like the hands of, of someone that doesn't belong to us. It's and, the big giveaway. Right, it certainly is. Big so
3: giveaway. <laughs> what,
1: what can you do in office to help out our hands?
3: Well, we can, do two, we can do injections to the hands and we can use the hyaluronic acid and you can also use fat injections to the hands. We okay. take fat from one part of the body and we put it in the hand under the skin. Uh, it's a little less predictable than the hyaluronic acids, but the uh, HAs work very, very well. They, they, they look great. Uh, it softens that bony, veiny kind of look. You can't get rid of it totally, but it, it, it really makes a big difference, and patients are very, very happy with it. It takes a, a, a significant volume. You need usually about two cc's of product for each hand. But, you know, if it lasts you eight months to a year um, and you're happy with it, I mean, the hand looks great. The hand is, uh, we call it a big giveaway because a woman can, uh, can look very youthful and very good. But as soon as the hands, the hands, are, we see the hands, it gives away by the either spots or discoloration or thinness or loss of substance. It gives right. away, uh, uh, belies their age.
1: Yeah, it really does. And that's yeah. another area that most spas nowadays are treating separately. It's something that can often be added on to a facial service, to a medifacial service like a hydrofacial. Um, there are so many great ways that you can improve the appearance of the skin, first of all, before you get to the doctor's office for those those fillers, for those injections. Um, again, think of it like a part of your face. You want to you want to cleanse it. You want to exfoliate it with a manual scrub. You could certainly put a product that has a little bit of a retinol in there, a little bit of a chemical exfoliant to start softening the discoloration that most of us have. And, you know, we're, we're suntanning our hands every day as we drive a car because we're holding onto that steering wheel at 10 and 2 or so, and we're just baking them through the windshield.
3: And forget I, let, about that. Let me interrupt and tell you that what, what people neglect to do is put sunscreen on their hands.
1: Right. They do. It's yeah.
3: really important to put the sunscreen on the hands.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, melanoma can show up anywhere. It can show up in, you know, hidden places, places that are not exposed to the sun. But certainly the areas that are that are exposed greatly are at greater risk. Um, you know, there's there's you know, reason to have caution even going to your nail salon and putting your hands under the, the UV lamps. It's preferable to use a lamp um, or go to a salon that offers an LED lamp because that's not gonna be harmful in the way that a UV lamp, just like the sun, is gonna be harmful to your hands. But Dr. Simone, you make a great point about the sunscreen. After you apply it to your face, make sure you take it down your neck and then take a little bit and just put it on the top of your hands and it'll make a a really wonderful difference. Um, Let's talk about other areas of the body besides face, neck and hands that could receive injectables. What what are you seeing happening either in your office or in the industry that we should be aware of?
3: Well, not not in my office, but there are they, they have, are using uh, overseas. They're using um, a, a fair amount of uh, sculpture or hyaluronic acid in to define the calves of the legs or to in the buttocks. It takes a tremendous amount of product, quite frankly. I, I really don't see the benefit of it. Uh, I don't agree with it um, because of the amount of product that it takes. But you know, I, I, I like to touch on one thing, is, which is fat grafting. Okay, and mm-hmm. you know, we've mentioned it in the last session, but it really is a wonderful modality because it takes your, we take your own body fat and we put it in different areas of the face, and it's very soft. And when it takes, it's absolutely wonderful, and it can last for forever. I mean, it, it could look absolutely wonderful. So, you know, patients should think in terms, when we talk about fillers, that we have the hyaluronic acids, but fat injection is another filler that's natural. There's no rejection. It's your own tissue. It's a little more of an involved procedure, but if you have a good result, it could last for years and years.
1: So tell us what the little more involved procedure would be. You said you're going to take fat from one part of the body. So are we going under anesthesia and is that surgery? What is that? what, What are you talking about?
3: Dep- depending on the patient, sometimes we give them a little twilight anesthesia, little sedation. We take it up, do it on the local anesthesia. We take it from the abdomen or from the thighs, and then we inject it in different areas of the face. Because as we age, we lose substance and volume in our face. And so we want to recreate the that a baby has nice, chubby cheeks. We don't want necessarily chubby cheeks, but we want more fill. And fat is a wonderful way to, way to do it. Uh, I agree.
1: That's a, that's a that's a great suggestion. I love that, and it's it's it feels natural. <laughs> it's coming from our it own does. body. So really as you does. said, the rejection is you know practically zero. What about um for someone that has experienced a lot of pitting and scarring, um, depressions in their face from acne? Can the can the fat injections help with that, or is that more of a you know chemical filler like a a Restylane or a Juvederm to help with? The pitting the scarring from acne
3: you know the pitting the pitting and scarring is it the scarring makes it makes those depressions adherent underneath and so it it, to give fat injections may not be the best thing what we do for pitting and scarring is we do dermabrasion we do peels on the skin to 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 equalize the levels of uh, of normal skin uh to bring it down so that so that the pits are less apparent. Okay, you can not what we call subsize them, where we we release the scar tissue underneath each pit so it can rise out a little bit. Um, there are different techniques for for, for uh, and laser also works well for you know, for acting and pitting. Okay? okay, but you want it to be a quiet in a quiescent state. You don't want any active acting.
1: Of course, absolutely. That's something we have a lot of people coming into the spa about is, is how do I handle this scarring from when I was a teenager and I had some serious issues. And, you know, we definitely, you know, explore chemical peels and dermaplaning and things of that nature. But I've always been curious as to how far we can take it with our, our, you know, out of spa practitioners such as yourself. So Mm. that's great advice. So we are winding down today's show with you, Dr. Simone. Um, it has been such a pleasure to have you back on Glow and Tell. Thank and, you so much. Oh, it's just been great. I, I hope everybody has enjoyed learning about how to advocate for themselves and ask the right questions, really talk to your practitioner about the products, about the pricing, and you know, just ask the question, don't be afraid, and be your own advocate when it comes to getting these treatments because you have one face, you walk around with it every day, and um, don't be shy about making yourself a priority. So um, we will be back next week with an all new live episode. This one is gonna be all about exfoliation, questions that we get asked all the time about chemical peels, manual exfoliation, what to do, when to do it, what's too much, what are the risks? So be sure to check check us out and tune in next week. And until then, I'm Carolyn Holdsworth with Victoria and Dr. Simone. And thanks so much for listening to Glow and Tell.
0: Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Glow and Tell. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Didn't get your question in? Be sure to call in again next week. We wish you a wonderful week.